Hey, last week we discovered, in week number one, we discovered that the God of the Bible is the one true God. How many of you studied it a little bit more this week in maybe a life group that you participated in, all right? Seven people in life groups, all right? That's great. Um, in, in our, in, at the Hill Wednesday night, I know that, that uh, Pastor Chase, did you, did you bring it this week? Did you preach the sermon of your life Wednesday night? That's awesome. Your kids learned about it last week. All of us in this house and in many houses throughout the week, we discover that the God of the Bible, the God of the Bible is the one true God. Do you believe that? He's the one true God. He's represented as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We talk that he is the creator of everything, everything that is seen. Listen, did you see the fog this morning? We pulled into this, you couldn't see the hills. There was a cloud and oh, I'm telling you throughout scripture, the cloud represents who? The spirit of a living God, amen? We see him in things that are seen, but we also know that he's the creator of everything even unseen. We can see his handiwork from a distance. It's put on public display just as it was this morning. He may be all knowing, And he may be all powerful, but here's what I believe we really want to know. Is he good? He he is the one true God and he's all powerful. He's all knowing, but is he good? In particular, here's what we want to know. If he is big enough to govern the world, if he's big enough to set the moon and the stars in their place, is he small enough to care for me? He's a big God. But does he care for me? That's a question that many people are asking. In fact, they're asking that question, I believe, far more than, is there a God? And as we observe the world around us, let's be honest, in the days and times in which we live in, it's easy to wonder whether or not he really cares, isn't it? We see so much pain. We see so much suffering. We see so much evil. There are so many bad things happening. And here's what tends to happen. When bad things happen, oftentimes we don't doubt the existence of God so much as we doubt his power and his goodness. If God is good, and if God is powerful, why isn't he stepping into this situation? Haven't you thought that before? Where is God in the midst of the pain? Well, here's the deal. That may be a question that one of you have this morning in this room. Because you walked in here today, and I know the sun is shining outside, but in your life, it's just dark right now. And there's a struggle, and there's a difficulty that you're facing. And it might be easy some days to lift your hands and worship the Lord and, and, and sing, but maybe today you just find yourself where you're just in a funk. Anybody ever get in a funk, huh? How many of you are in one right now? Let me see your hands, yeah. And where is God? If he's good, Jason, if he's all-powerful, if God is both great and good, then, then why is there so much suffering in the world? He's either all powerful, but not good because he has the power to end the suffering, but he doesn't. Or he is good, but he's not all powerful because he wants to end the suffering, but he just can't. Questions that we oftentimes face. Does God care about me? He's a big God and he's the God of the Bible. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere. He can do it all. He's the creator. But does God really care 
about me? How can a good God allow bad things to happen to good people? You ever thought that? Well, here's what I hope that we get to today. Kind of just, again, I'm not going to solve it for you today, okay? But, but hopefully I'm going to get you thinking a little bit. And I'm just, I, I'm asking that, that you would continue to pursue this this week through personal study, through, through a life group. If you don't have a group, Pastor Kyle, raise your hand. He'd love to, he's right over here on the corner. He's asleep right now, but he to a group, okay? We want you to dive deeper with this. Here's the big idea that I want us to to just wrap our minds around. I want us to get to this place this week where we can say this, that I believe God is involved in in, in cares about my daily life. I believe that God is involved in and he cares about my daily life. Church, listen, the God that we worship today is compassionate and he's personal. He's not some God that's distant and removed from his creation. And I want you to know right now, if you tune me out and don't hear another thing, out of all the things created, you're his most prized. Did you know that? You're his most prized. And he cares about you more than anything. Do you believe that? Now, according to the Bible, say the Bible, According to the Bible, the Bible says that God is all-powerful. In fact, the Bible teaches us that God is great. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet records these words beginning in chapter 40, verse 12. He says, who else, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Who else has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice and teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? Now, in case you don't know, the implied answer to these questions is no one. No one else has held the world in his hands. No one else has measured the vastness of it all. He is the one, the one true God who advises the spirit. He is the spirit. He is the one who gives instruction about what is good. You see, God alone is great. He is the creator of all. And I'm telling you, he's the creator of all the good that there is. The psalmist writes in Psalm 121, he says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from who? The Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, it computes that if we believe that there is a God who created everything, then he is great. But we want to know, does he care about us? Does this God, Jason, that you're speaking of, does this God of the Bible, does he care about us? Pagan gods did not care about people. In fact, humans, and, and, and back even when, when this was written and when, the, when, when there were so many false gods that people were worshiping, humans were playthings to them. But in contrast, the Bible teaches us 
that God is good. And we'd like to believe, but it's this presence of suffering and pain in our world. It's this presence of, 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 of things gone wrong that, that so oftentimes trips many people up. It, it's as if the presence of pain proves the absence of God's goodness, isn't it? There's pain and suffering. He's all powerful and he's good. Well, where is he? I, I was reading in, in, in Luke chapter four this week and I shared just a, a little bit of this Thursday night with, with those gathered in, our, in, in, in Collide. And by the way, Thursday night, we pray in this room and, and, and is it powerful? For Thursday night, we prayed prayers of, of, of healing and restoration. And I'm telling you, some people were set free and some people had some work happen in them on Thursday, Thursday nights at seven. But, but, but I shared this with the group gathered that I, I was reading in, in Luke chapter four um, th- this week. And, and, and by the way, if, if, if you're questioning or doubting whether who, who Jesus is and what he's all about, read Luke. Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. And, and, and I love his accounts because he talks a lot about Jesus's interaction with people and his compassion and, and healing. And, and, and I was reading in verses 38 through 44, the account of, of Jesus's healing of Peter's mother-in-law. How many of you would say, I need some healing like that for my mother-in-law? Anybody need just, Jesus can heal mother-in-laws, amen? <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. He was, I was reading this account of, of, of Jesus' healing of Peter's mother-in-law and, and, and many of the crowds that, that were, were brought to him. You, you also read in, here in, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus casting out demon after demon. Now, there's a lot of things we know about Jesus, and, and, and a lot of us know that Jesus was relentless to the priority of preaching, right? We find him teaching daily. It says he taught in their synagogues. <clears throat> he taught from house to house. He was relentless in this priority of preaching. But can I tell you that despite that, the compassionate personal care of our Savior towards those who are suffering is very obvious when you read Scripture, He was a preacher, but you cannot read the Bible. You cannot read scripture and mistake this, that Jesus is compassionate. There was this personal care that that he always offered towards people, even people that were undeserving. Here's the great thing about the God that we worship today. You don't have to do anything to merit he just loves. God is love. That's probably one of the first things that many of us who grew up in church probably learned about him. He just loves. Despite when we, if we love him or not, despite if we ever do anything that he takes great delight in, no, God is love. Don't ever question or doubt that. And we see in Jesus's life, this, this attitude of showing compassion, this idea of reaching out to people that were in need and offering personal care and assistance to them in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their difficulties, in the midst of of horrific disease and illness. You know, I was reminded as I was reading that, that God oftentimes used to do his gracious work in our lives. The life of of the Christian, it seems like oftentimes follows the the very pattern of, of the life of Christ. In, in which suffering is the road to glory. Did you hear that? Suffering is the road to glory. Now, none of us say, I just want to suffer, so I'm bringing it on. No, 
But even in the midst of that, life is going to be unfair. There will be pain. There will be illness. There will be struggle. The ball will not always bounce our way. But even in the midst of that, oh, hold on to it today, church. There's a compassionate, personal God in heaven who is at work in your life. Amen. And among other things, this means that we can never make our health the test of God's love. Often Jesus has to work a healing to do in us. He's got to work something in our lives to do something in us that goes much deeper than our bodies. You see, it's in his healing work as the great physician. It's, it's while he's in the, it, working in your life, while you're in the midst of your struggle or your difficulty. It's in his healing work as this great physician, as Jehovah Rapha, as the God who heals. It's in that working that Jesus is concerned for the whole person, body and soul. And oftentimes he uses these hurts and pains of the body to bring the healing to the soul, much the same way that a doctor would use a deadly chemotherapy to kill a cancer. And sometimes we wish that God would just hurry up and that God would just... It, it's, it's not because he, he doesn't love us, but because he is working a better plan. And so in the meantime, here's, here's, here's my encouragement to you. We need to trust him to do his total work in our lives. Amen. I'm just wondering if this is making sense to any of you today. That maybe you've been through a difficulty physically and in the midst of it, or, or now that you've been removed from it, you've seen God do a great and awesome work in you. He's brought about complete healing. Anybody, not just physically, but there's been a healing of your soul as well. I see Greg Lewis right here. Greg, raise your hand. Greg Lewis right here. One of yours were just, you know, sage tails or something. No, this is a real person. You can touch him. He's real. But I remember when Greg Lewis got throat cancer. And I remember walking into his house and praying. He said, you know what? There must be somebody in that hospital that needs me to tell them about Jesus. That must be the reason I'm going in. You remember telling us that? Here I am going to pray and lay hands on him and I'm supposed to be all spiritual and encouraging. And, and I'm telling you, what he said broke me. <laughs> but in the midst of those difficulties, God is oftentimes doing a work, a total work in our lives. Because the Bible tells us that God is good and that he does exist, we find that in the midst of these difficulties, in the pain and the evil and the suffering, church, listen, we are not left to deal with that suffering alone. You need to know that. That we have a personal God that is not removed from his people. He is a great God. He is a good God. And oh, by the way, do you know that he became one of us so that he also could enter our suffering with us? Say 96 with me. 96, 96. You see, in 96 days will be Christmas. Are you finished shopping? <laughs> have you bought my present? That's really all I care about. But in 96 days, we will have no problem gathering around with the family and declaring, Emmanuel has come, God with us. Why is it that we just hold on to that one day of year? Do we not believe that today, 96 days before we will declare, not believe that in the midst of those that raise their hand today of your struggle and your pain, do you not know that Emmanuel is still here? 
And he is with you even this day, not, when the, not just when the turkey's carved and the tree is decorated and the lights are twinkling. No, Emmanuel, God is with you today. He's here. And that's the great thing about the God that we serve. He entered our world and make no mistake about it. When he entered our world, he entered our suffering. You know that, right? You know that he suffered along with us. You see, it is in Jesus that we see the greatness and the goodness of God. Think about Jesus. Jesus understood suffering. He was born in a manger. He was born into poverty. He immigrated to Egypt. We know that he worked hard as a carpenter. Scripture tells us that he had no place to lay his head. We know that there were rumors that were told about him. He was falsely accused from time to time. Hey, we know that there was a time in which he urged and he hung on a cross. Can I just tell you something? We have a great God in heaven who's good and he enters our suffering and our pain. He knows what it's like. Emmanuel is God with us. He's personal. He understands where you're at today. I love what the writer of Hebrews said in chapter five. He said, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. You ever been there? Jesus was there. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Whoa. How many of you have ever read that? Have you ever seen that verse before? Those two verses? Listen, he knows where you're at. He's a personal God. And we must be careful not to blame God for our trials and our temptations. And we need to realize that every good gift comes from his hands. Do you believe that? Look what it says in James chapter one. Whatever is good and perfect is a what church? It's a gift coming down to us from God, our father, who, by the way, created all the lights in the heavens. And he never changed nor cast a shifting shadow. Wow, that's the God we worship today. He's a personal God. He's a personal savior. Who cares? And if you're in the midst of a difficulty right now and there's a struggle physically or emotionally or, or there's, a, there's a mountain ahead of you, can I just tell you something? Hang in there, trust him. Because God is working out his good and grand plan. He's working out his plan to restore, I believe, his original vision. His original vision is to be with us. He wants to live with us in community. Listen, do you realize that you have access to this great God in heaven at all times? Do you know that? 
And you don't have to enter a certain way and there's no certain ritual that you must go through. You don't have to be facing a certain direction. You don't have to do it a certain amount of times each day. There's no proper attire. You don't have to have any tools or other resources or even anyone else with you. You have access to this personal creator, God. And he desires to live with you. He wants to live in community with you. I love Hebrews 4, 14 and 15 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we, what? Believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Why? Because he read about it. Or someone, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. Church, today, I want you to know that God is involved in and he cares about your daily life. Can I just encourage you with something today? Don't wait to spend time with him and commune with him till next Sunday. Hey, listen, when you leave here today, go home and spend time with him. Tomorrow morning as you start your week, hey, start it with him. Wednesday, it's hump day. What day is it? It's hump day. Spend, day with, spend time with him throughout your day. He wants to. He's there. He has come. He understands your pain and your son. Don't ever doubt whether he cares because of that. Don't ever doubt that he's not powerful enough to intervene. Oh, he's working a great plan in your life. A total plan in your life, body and soul. Trust it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for reminding us today that you are a personal God. And that's the reason I lift my hands to you. Lord, when I sing and when I lift my hands, I feel as if you are here with me. Does anybody else feel that? Lord, you're here with me. I feel your presence. Lord, as I drive onto this campus, I see you and I feel your spirit. You're with us. You're not some God that's distant and removed, but you care. And Lord, I'm praying for the person in this room today that's facing some tough stuff right now. There's a difficulty that's before them. Lord, I'm praying that right now God, and in your way and in your timing, you would intervene. I pray that they would not rush the process. They would trust in you. Your word says to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You are a good God who cares about his people. Amen.